What's up everyone? Good morning and once again welcome to our Water's Edge online Sunday morning worship experience. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. For those of you that continue to join in and, and join us on Sunday mornings and share these services with your friends and family, your circle of influence, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. We have people tuning in from all over the place. Also, for those of you that continue to worship with us through giving and through generosity and you're meeting our new $10 challenge, thank you so very much for doing that. You're allowing our church to help more people, love more people, feed more people, and serve more people. We have our next food pantry coming up at the beginning of next month and your giving and your worship through generosity is going to allow us to bless our community. Also, right after my message, stay tuned for some awesome worship for the amazing Water's Edge Band. Today we continue with our current series entitled The Investigation and like we pointed out over the past few weeks, anytime you investigate, you have to do some digging. Today we move on with part four and this is what we're going to look in today. This is what we're digging into today and investigating today. If I'm going to take following Jesus seriously, if I'm going to investigate the mystery of Jesus for my life and dedicate my life to following Jesus, then I have to answer this question. How can I truly demonstrate the love of God? How can I truly demonstrate the true and real and authentic love of Jesus? Now, here's a question. Do you know who it is? Who that person is that's just impossible not to like, and who that person is that's just impossible not to be like. It's that person who showed up when you needed something. It's that person who stepped up when you were hurting. It's that person who stepped in when you were going through something difficult. You didn't ask them to. They helped you and they expected nothing in return. When this happens, it just makes you remember these people forever. Fall in love with these people forever. And many times you want to be like these people and monitor your heart and your love and your life after these people. This has happened to me several times in this life. But one time I remember, and I never will forget this. Let me tell you this story. One time I got a letter in the mail. I was in my mid-20s. And this letter said this, that I had won a free paid vacation to Hawaii. Three days in Hawaii, the full trip, travel, and stay was completely paid. But here's the kicker. I had to go to Houston, travel from De Quincey to Houston, and sit through this presentation. At the end of the presentation, I could claim my free three-day vacation to Hawaii. And so I drove all the way to Houston on the day and the time for the presentation. But I didn't know what the presentation was about because the letter was very vague. It was legit. The vacation was real. I checked into all of that, but it didn't say what the presentation was about. So as soon as I got there, I got very frustrated, very aggravated, and very angry very quickly because this is what it was. It was a timeshare presentation for condos. I was in my mid-20s. I didn't have any money, and I had no desire to get involved in a timeshare condo scam. And so I told the first person in the presentation, no, I'm not interested Give me my free vacation. So they moved me to another room where another person gave me the same presentation. I said, no, I'm not interested. They moved me to another room and another person. I said, no, another room and another person. I said, no, they were working hard to sell these timeshares. Man, it was just a big scam. I didn't want to be involved. And so I told every person, no, I was there for like two hours telling everybody, no, my phone died. I was getting hungry. I finally told the last person no, they gave me my free vacation, and so I took off in Houston, down the interstate, heading back home from Houston to De Quincey. 
I'm on the interstate in Houston. I'm tired. I'm hungry. Been at this presentation all day. And I hear something pop underneath my car and my tire blows out. I have a flat on the interstate in Houston. It's around 4.30, 4.45, peak traffic time. And I barely get to pull over on the shoulder off to the right side next to the guardrail. And the tire that went flat was my backside driver's side. So it was right by the lane where everybody was speeding by me. I mean, cars were speeding by me, trucks speeding by me, motorcycles, vans, 18 wheelers. So I tried to get my jack out and I tried to get my spare out, but I was so close to the road, so close to that lane, I could literally feel the wind of the cars driving by me, almost knocking me over. And I knew there's no way I'm going to lay down underneath this car right here by the interstate lane, try to jack my car up and change this tire. Hours go by. Nobody's stopping to help me. I'm tired. I'm hungry. My blood sugar's going low. My cell phone is dead. I don't know what to do. People are looking at me. They're not stopping. Cops are speeding by. Nobody is stopping to help me. And man, I'm in a panic. I'm getting nervous. I'm trying to wave people down. No one's helping me. And then finally, these two men pull over and they stop and they help me. One gets out. He starts waving traffic away as the other one starts to change my tire. I'm talking to them, they're nice, they change my tire, I try to offer them money, they refuse. Before they leave, they're so nice, they pray with me, they helped me out, man, they saved my life on this day. And you just don't forget people like that because they were so nice to me and they were the only ones that day that came to my rescue. In fact, I will remember that moment and those two men forever. In fact, I even remember their names. Now, in this series, we've been talking about how the four gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are actual, real, reliable accounts of eyewitnesses that knew Jesus, saw Jesus, heard the teachings of Jesus, and experienced the power and the love of Jesus. And we talked about this. Even if the four Gospels are only mostly reliable, then we must consider following Jesus very seriously with all of our life. Now, we've been in the Gospel of Luke over the past few weeks, and we talked about when the Dr. Luke wrote his Gospel. He had no idea that he was writing something that would one day be considered something a part of the Bible, something that would be considered religious literature. He was just writing down, and they were just writing down everything they saw and everything they heard and experienced in the life of Jesus. Luke even said this about Jesus and his mission. This is how he explained the heart of Jesus and the mission of Jesus. And we talked about this last week, Luke chapter 4, verse 43. If you're still with me, say I'm still with you. But he replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too, because that is why I was sent. Now, whenever you see that phrase, the kingdom of God, we pointed this out. This is what it means. It means the rule of God's love in our life, in our heart, and in our world, and the authority of God's love in our heart in our life and in our world. And we must understand that God's love and God's kingdom is always good news. It's always good news for everyone who needs to be rescued. Always good news for the hurting. Always good news for those that are battling. Always good news for those that are struggling. And everyone is invited to enter the kingdom of love, the kingdom of God. He excludes no one. He includes everyone. 
Everyone has value and everyone that you know, everyone that you meet was created in the image of God. Jesus even said to love your neighbor as yourself. And he even said that that commandment was just as important as the greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, which meant all of your muchness. He said that was not the number two commandment to love your neighbor as yourself, but loving your neighbor as yourself was equal to and just as important as loving God with everything that you have. And on one occasion, Luke tells us about a time when Jesus dealt with this very issue. And he lets us know this, that this was his vision for his believers. This was his vision for his followers, his disciples, and his church. And this was his mission for the world so people would know Jesus and truly consider the love of Jesus and following Jesus with their entire life. And Luke thought this story was so important. And this was one of the most important things we could ever know as we dig into investigating the mystery of following Jesus. Notice the scene we pick up today in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. One day, an expert in religious law, they called them lawyers back then, stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question, teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Now, when he said eternal life, this is what he meant, teacher, Jesus how can I know that one day in the future I will be accepted into the kingdom of God in the future or after my death? He's testing Jesus, but he's also really curious. He wants to know how he can have eternal life with God in the future. Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? So he basically says, you're an expert in religious law. You know what the law of Moses says. What do you think it says? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? So this was his reply. Well, the law of Moses says, and I've even heard you say before Jesus, love God with all that you have and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus told him, notice this, do this and you will live. And this was his point. The love for God in your life is demonstrated by your love for your neighbor or your love for other people. If you say that you love Jesus, if you say that you love God, it's always demonstrated by how you love other people, how you love your neighbor. The man wanted to justify his action, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And so he's saying, who really is my neighbor, Jesus? But this is what he was really wanting to know and notice this point today. This is what he was really asking. This was the question behind the question. What's the minimum amount of neighbor loving that I have to do? Or who do I all really have to consider my neighbor? Who do I all really have to love? Now, you have to understand something. To the religious Jews back in the days of Jesus, they only considered their religious Jewish brothers and sisters that were devoted their true neighbors, their true brothers and sisters, not the Romans, not the Samaritans, not the pagan Gentiles. They thought their only neighbors were those people that were of their same race, of their same country, of their same religion, worshiped like them, looked just like them, and looked at the world just like them. So Jesus answers with this question instead, and notice this, what is God really like? Love like him. What is God's heart and God's love really like? 
love like him. And to illustrate it, Jesus made up a story and he told this story. We pick up in verses 30 through 37. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest that was a religious leader. So notice a Jewish man was beaten by bandits and robbers, left for dead. And one of his fellow Jewish religious leaders, a priest came along. When he saw the man lying there, he crossed over to the other side of the road, passed him by. A temple assistant, another Jewish religious leader, sees his fellow Jewish brother beaten and left for dead. Notice this, walked over, looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. He felt love for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine, put bandages on him. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time here. Now, Jesus says, notice this. Which of these three would you consider was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the lawyer replied, uh, the one who showed mercy. Notice he couldn't even say the Samaritan because they were so despised. He goes, well, the one who showed mercy. Then Jesus says, yes, now you go and do the same. Now notice the breakdown. These two religious fellow Jewish men See another Jewish brother beaten by bandits and robbers, left for dead. They pass them by. And Jesus indicates that because these two religious Jewish leaders pass him by, that they're doomed. They're doomed because they did not love like God. But the Samaritan, now you got to understand, back then, the Samaritans were considered like half-breeds, unholy, the most least respectable of all people just because they were born in Samaria and Samaria was the region where they killed the Old Testament prophets. And so they thought if you were born a Samaritan, you were holy, unevil. And in this story, Jesus says it was the Samaritan man who stopped and showed this Jewish man, this Jewish brother, love. Helped him out, didn't want anything. So he puts him on his donkey, takes him to a Motel 6, bandages his wounds, tells the innkeeper, you watch after him. If you have to pay any money to take care of him, when I come back, I will pay you back. And then Jesus says, who do you think is the true neighbor? And he redefined what neighbor was for them and for every other generation after Jesus. In this story, Jesus redefined who our neighbor is. Our neighbor is not the people who look just like you, same skin color, come from the same country, worship just like you, believe just like you. Now your neighbor is everyone and anyone who is hurting and in need. Notice this again. Now your neighbor, no matter who they are, is anyone and everyone who is hurting and in need. Notice this point today. If you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. Which of these three acted like a true neighbor, demonstrating their love for God by loving others? The one who had mercy and only the Samaritan on this day had mercy on the hurting man. And Jesus says, now you go and you do the same thing. And this was his focus. 
This was his point. This is one of the things that got Jesus crucified on the cross. And notice this today. Do you want to demonstrate your love for God? Then you must love your neighbor. And who again is your neighbor? Anyone and everyone who is hurting and in need in this world. Now, I just remembered. I forgot to finish my story earlier about those two men that stopped to help me out in Houston at peak traffic time when I had a blowout in my car tire. And man, they just stopped to help me. And they wanted nothing in return. They prayed with me. They were so nice. As they were helping fix my tire and waving traffic away, I got to talking to them about their life and who they were because they were so nice to me. And the reason I still remember their names and I still remember those two men was because of three reasons. And this is what they are. Number one, they were the only ones that day to stop and help me. No one else even checked on me. These two men, these two brothers were the only ones that day to stop and help me. Number two, they were so nice to me on this day and they refused to take any money from me because when they were leaving, I offered them $200, $100 each and they refused. They prayed with me, loved all over me, so nice to me and then they left. And number three, because they were completely different than me and let me tell you why. I'm a white Christian dude from Southwest Louisiana. In fact, I'm a white Christian pastor from Southwest Louisiana. But this is what their names were. Medina and Alejandro Rodriguez. Never will forget these two brothers. I never will forget their names. Let me tell you who they were. As I was talking to them, they weren't even from America. They were from Spain with the Catholic Church in Houston doing mission work with the Catholic Charities, helping some of their local Catholic churches rebuild after some of the major flooding Houston had years and years and years ago. So they weren't even from America. They were in America doing mission work from Spain, helping people. And on this day, they drove by me, and they were the only ones to help me. They were both deeply Catholic. They both deeply loved God, and they deeply loved their faith, and they deeply loved helping people. But my only point is this. Out of all the people that drove past me that day, out of all the rich Americans that drove past me that day in their SUVs, in their Yukons, in their big nice trucks, in their Jaguars, in their Mercedes-Benz, business people, church people, I'm sure some Sunday school teachers, nobody even stopped to help me except these two brothers from Spain who is completely different than me. Someone like me who did not look like them, I did not worship like them, and I did not have the same life experiences as them. Now, I maybe eat like them because I love Mexican food. It's my favorite. But my other point is this, and notice this again today. If you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. Do you want to demonstrate your love for God? Then you must love your neighbor. And who was my only neighbors on this day? Those two brothers from Spain that stopped to help me. And who is your neighbor? Anyone and everyone who is in need and hurting. And all of that reminds me of this amazing passage that we find in the New Testament letter called Colossians. Notice what the missionary Paul says about the cross and about the blood of Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 1 verses 17 through 20. Jesus existed before anything else and he holds all of creation together. Christ is also the head of the church which is the body. We are his hands and feet. We demonstrate the love of God. He is the beginning, the supreme, over all who rise from the dead. So he is the first 
in everything. For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Jesus Christ. And through him, through Jesus, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Do you see where it says God reconciled everything through the blood of Jesus on the cross? Everything to himself. Do you know what everything in creation means? This is what it means. And notice this today. It means God loves all people. Everything and everyone. And we demonstrate our love for God by loving our neighbor. And our neighbor is anyone and everyone who is hurting and in need. And so today, this is what that may mean for you. That just may mean that your neighbor and loving your neighbor and demonstrating your love for God by loving your neighbor. It just may mean walking across the street from your house and helping the people that live next to you who are completely different than you when they're hurting and when they're in need. Or it may be that as you live this life and go throughout this world and you meet people that don't even look at the world the same way that you do, if they're hurting and they're in need, you show up and you demonstrate the love of God wanting nothing and expecting nothing in return. And this is why we serve people here at the water's edge with nothing up our sleeve but love. So we can demonstrate the love of God by loving our neighbor. And as we investigate Jesus, this is one of the parts that we must take seriously. If we're going to follow Jesus and dedicate our life to him, then we must demonstrate our love for Jesus by loving anyone and everyone who is hurting and in need. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. Stay tuned for some worship from the Water's Edge Band. We love you all. We cannot wait to see you back next week.